0: Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Follow the Science. Today, I'm going to tackle a very different subject from my usual pandemic and health news. This episode is about the nature of time and the oldest things in the universe. It's really taking me back to my roots since my first job in science writing was to cover cosmology and physics for science. And as you'll hear, this is a pilot for a brand new podcast series that I'm creating, which is provisionally called The Oldest Everything. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Oldest Everything, where I'll track down the oldest surviving animals, plants, people, businesses, buildings, rocks, ideas, and whatever else I decide to investigate. I'll be exploring the science of aging and, maybe more important, the science of survival. Why do some things die young and others last for centuries or millennia? Is there anything out there that can last forever? And even though this is a podcast about old things, it's also about the future because anything that's good at long-term survival also has pretty good odds of being here eons from now. In this episode, I'll be thinking big, looking for the oldest thing in the entire universe. I've got four experts lined up, and they all have different ideas. Along the way, we're going to learn about the Big Bang, about the nature of time, and why time seems to be flowing in one direction. One reason scientists disagree about the oldest thing in the universe is they interpret the question a little bit differently. I started out by asking what would get into the Guinness Book of World Records as the oldest thing. And one of my guests has already been in the Guinness Book for finding the biggest thing in the universe. His name is Richard Gott, he's an astrophysicist at Princeton University, and when I emailed him about the oldest thing in the universe, he sent me a beautiful picture of a big lacy weave of sparkling galaxies that he called the Great Wall and which he says is the biggest and the oldest thing in the universe.
1: The Great Wall picture that I showed you, this was something that Mario Urich and I measured in the much larger Sloan Digital Sky Survey, which would eventually cover, you know, more than a million galaxies. The most prominent feature on there was uh, this uh, Sloan Great Wall, which was a filament of galaxies, a chain, if you will, of galaxies that extended for um 1.37 billion light years this made it the largest structure identified in the universe and so it, it it got us in the uh mario urich and i in the guinness book of world records in 2006 and um we didn't even have to eat, you know, 80 hot dogs in 10 minutes. <laughs> I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even try, you know. Um, uh, it's hard to get a world record, you know. But this was a good one because there's many largest things in the book, you know, the largest uh, truck, the largest building, you know. And this is the largest of the largest thing.
0: But this show is about the oldest things, not the biggest things, and so he needs to justify that claim, and the way he attempted it was to say that the Great Wall is the first thing that formed after the Big Bang, or, well, sort of. As he sees it, the Great Wall grew from a tiny wrinkle in the fabric of the early universe that formed not just during the first second after the Big Bang, but within a span of time less than a billionth of a second.
1: When we're looking at these uh, filaments of galaxies, we're seeing the fossil remnants, the greatly expanded fossil remnants of quantum fluctuations that occurred in the first 10 to the minus 35 seconds of the universe. And so these are the oldest things in the universe. They're not only the
0: biggest, they're the
1: oldest. (laughs)
0: So you should be in the Guinness Book of World Records for that too. Yeah, when
1: you think about it, yeah, that's right.
0: So how could they possibly know that this wrinkle in the fabric of the universe happened at exactly ten to the minus thirty-five seconds after the Big Bang, and not say ten to the minus forty seconds or ten to the minus twenty seconds? Well, Dr. Gott says they calculate this by doing a couple of things. First, they carefully observe the way these structures look today how lumpy, as he put it, our universe is now. And they project backwards in time. Since our universe is expanding, they know everything was more and more compact as you go back. And then they apply the laws of physics to estimate how and when those wrinkles must have formed to give rise to the cosmic structure that they can see. And it
1: also fits in very well with the timescale you'd expect from uh, looking at uh, the idea that the weak and strong and electric forces are all unified and one sort of super force at that epoch, causing the energy, the dark energy in, in the universe, the energy density in empty space in the universe to be large at that point.
0: He also gave me an idea for another astronomical topic to explore in the future, and that would be the oldest solar system, which might tell us something about the possibility of civilizations much more advanced than our own.
1: Cosmology in my lifetime has certainly made an enormous, uh, I'm just uh, 75, and so, uh, I mean, when I was first interested in astronomy when I was eight years old, this was before they discovered the cosmic microwave background radiation, this was before we discovered pulsars or quasars, before we discovered black holes, before we discovered gravitational ways before we discover earlier solar systems you know by the way the oldest one of those that we found is kepler 444 which is about 11.2 billion years old our solar system is 4.6 billion years
0: old and now back to the quest for the oldest thing in the universe it turns out when i asked other astrophysicists about dr gott's claim they disagreed The main argument against it was that even if the template for the Great Wall of Galaxies formed just a fraction of a fraction of a second after the Big Bang, the galaxies that make up the Great Wall, they grew much, much later. And so other scientists were pretty skeptical and had their own ideas. They do agree, however, on a couple of amazing things, including the fact that our universe has been expanding for the last 13.77 billion years, and that it all seems to have originated in an event which they still call the Big Bang, though nobody seems to like the term very much.
2: Remember that word Big Bang, which I use all the time because it's so fixed in everyone's mind, including mine. There was never a bang.
0: That was James Peebles. He's also an astrophysicist from Princeton University, and he won a Nobel Prize in 2020 for furthering our understanding of the origin and fate of our universe.
2: I spent a lot of time in my youth trying to get another name that was as catchy and more accurate, but I failed.
0: He does say there's powerful evidence that our universe is expanding, and if you extrapolate back 13.77 billion years, it was all squished together. So something happened 13.77 billion years ago, and while it didn't make a noise, it did make a lot of hydrogen and helium atoms. Most of the elements that make up our world were forged in stars, but some of the hydrogen and helium atoms right here on this planet came out of the Big Bang, or at least they formed immediately afterwards. And So let's talk about those elements. When did they form with respect to the Big Bang?
2: So we have a pretty well-tested theory for the light elements, the isotopes of hydrogen and helium. Pretty clear that they formed almost entirely as the universe expanded and cooled through a temperature of about 10 to the ninth Kelvin.
0: What would that translate to in terms of time after the Big Bang?
2: Well, you remember the famous book by Stephen Weinberg, The First Three Minutes.
0: And it all happened then. We got our helium, hydrogen. Right.
2: And it checks out very well. For example, you can compute the abundance of helium you expect to have been formed then because we have a theory for the rate of expansion of the universe. We have a theory of nuclear physics that allows us to compute. So you get a predicted helium abundance.
0: That's amazing. So the helium that we have around us is from the Big Bang.
2: Most of it, you have to be a little careful because some helium is formed locally, but there's a lot of helium and we we know of no means of, of producing as much helium as there is in objects we see around us now. It looks like it has to have been, as they say, primeval and its value agrees as best can be measured with these earlier constraints.
0: So while the first three minutes isn't quite as close to the Big Bang as 10 to the minus 35 seconds, at least he can argue that the helium itself formed that early, not just the template for the helium. I think the helium is also a simpler, more elegant answer, but unfortunately the situation is not quite that simple. There's a plot twist here because of Einstein Relativity says that it's not just when you form that determines how old you are, but where you live. Because clocks in different parts of the universe are ticking faster than clocks in other parts. So some of the helium here on Earth might be old, but not quite as old as helium that exists in parts of the universe where time is moving faster. And that changes everything, according to astrophysicist Hakim Olushei. He not only understands Einstein's theory backwards and forwards, he's really good at explaining it to non-scientists. He tells the story of how he came to understand and love Einstein's theory in his book, My Quantum Life, which I just read and it's wonderful. I highly recommend it. Here's what he says about the oldest thing in the universe and how you have to consider Einstein's theory to get it right.
3: So is there such a thing as the age of the universe? Does that phrase even make sense? Because gravity slows the passage of time right time will pass more quickly where there is less space-time curvature okay so it's a convenient clock to claim we have an age of the universe but if you look at the actual stuff in the universe there is no such thing
0: oh because things have been aging at different rates you mean
3: exactly yeah
0: to illustrate this, he brings up the example of the movie Interstellar, and even if you haven't seen it, all you really have to know is that it's about astronauts who get really close to a black hole, and that causes weird things to happen with aging and time.
3: So like, for example, in the movie Interstellar, when they were next to the black hole, right, the dude, his his time is going more slowly, so his daughter ends up older than he is because he's at a place of, you know, intense space-time curvature.
0: Oh, okay. So if you want to live, if you (laughs) if you want to live longer, you want to be in more space time curvature. You want you want to live relatively
3: longer because to yourself. Right. You're always at rest relative to yourself. You know, it's, it's all relative. It's how you age compared to how something else ages.
0: So the daughter gets older because she is further from the black hole. So she ages faster.
3: Yes, exactly. So relative between the two of them, the relative curvatures are such that he's way more in a a much more space time curved environment than she is. So relative to each other, her clock moves a lot faster than his.
0: So the oldest stuff is in the least dense parts of the universe.
3: There you go. There you go.
0: Okay, so in his view, everything in the visible universe might have come out of the Big Bang some 13.7 billion years ago, but something funny is going on because some parts of the universe are aging faster than others. Our universe is very structured. The stars are gathered into galaxies, which are themselves gathered into big networks and filaments, as Richard Gott has noted. And in between those are voids, and that's where there's less stuff, and so less curvature, less gravity, and therefore faster clocks and older stuff.
3: It's like, if you're saying galaxies are the structure and space is a nothing, then you're wrong, right? So in the voids, It's not a nothing. The voids in the intergalactic medium is where time is passing the fastest in our universe. You know, the voids were established at the same time the large scale structures things were established. You know what I mean? Like you can't just say, oh, the galaxy clusters formed here and the galaxies formed there. And that's what gave you the large scale structure. But it's also, you could look at it the other way. The void's formed here and the voids formed there. You know, where it's not void is galaxy. Where it's not galaxy is void.
0: Actually, you're you're this is very helpful just to get, you know, the fact that different people approach these questions so differently, I think is is also fascinating. That that one person says one thing, one person says another thing, that there there are things everybody agrees on, and then there are things where um people have very different ideas about how to think about these.
3: Yeah, yeah. you know know what they say, great minds don't think alike, they argue.
0: He told me that people are sometimes skeptical that anyone can go around making claims about what was happening 13.77 billion years ago, or talking about what the universe looked like seconds after its birth. But scientists do all this by making observations of the universe around us, and the Big Bang is the best explanation for what they see.
3: One of the things I like to say is, you know, because I go around the world talking to the general public about science. And when you start talking about the origins of things, it's it runs into people's faith traditions, OK, because they talk about the origins of things. And so people will come up to me and after and they'll say, oh, doctor, you know, you said that science says this, whereas my holy book or my you know, leader says this. And I correct them and I say, well, you know, science doesn't say anything. Science listens. Science says to the universe, hey, universe, tell me what you are. What are you doing? Right. And then, you know, there's a rigorous way of asking questions of the universe and getting answers of the universe. No one wanted to believe this Big Bang idea. It's just that the universe was telling us, yo, this is how it went down. As ridiculous as it sounds, this is how it went down.
0: He does bring up another interesting twist to this tale which is that it might be possible to consider something even older than the Big Bang. There is evidence that something had to precede the origin of our visible universe. Fields, energy, we just don't have the tools to observe what happened before the Big Bang, but it doesn't mean that nothing was here.
3: So you really do have to be incredibly rigorous. And we have come a long way in doing this. So to me, if you look at everything that has to do with space, everything that has to do with time. The first thing is, if we say what are the oldest things in the universe, we're already biased because we live in a realm of objects and things. Right. If you take an electron, right, an electron is going to be older than any galaxy you can find because the electron was formed at the very beginning, you know, immediately after inflation, boom, here comes this, you know. And so I go back to that energy, right, in the inflaton field or that field. So fields and energy precede everything.
0: Okay. Okay. So they were there even before the big bang.
3: We might even be able to say they were there before time itself. However, we cannot because the existence of energy equals the existence of time because in a way energy is just inverse time, right? So when we think of energy, you know, we use that word all the time, but what is it really? It's it's the potential to make things occur, it's the potential to make things happen, okay? And so the existence of that equals the existence of time.
0: This is not crazy talk, thinking about stuff that might have happened or existed before the Big Bang. Another physicist I talked to brought up the same thing. Her name is Sabine Hassenfelder, she's a research fellow at the Frankfurt Institute for Advanced Studies, and she's the author of some great books, the most recent of which is called Existential Physics, A Scientist's Guide to Life's Biggest Questions. And I just read that one. It's excellent. Here's what she said when asked about the oldest thing in the universe.
4: It depends strongly, I guess, on what you mean by a thing. Like, if, if you're talking about particles, they are created at some point, which we call reheating. But if you were comfortable with calling a field a thing, then that'd be the inflation field, which causes uh, cosmic inflation, which presumably is the thing that actually creates the particles in the first place. And then even before that, that would have been space and time. The thing that I eventually settled on was that I think before all of that, there must have been the laws of nature. It must have come from somewhere. So basically, I would say the oldest thing ever, which it kind of exists outside of time, would be mathematics and the laws of nature. I'm afraid that's a very philosophical answer. It's maybe not exactly what you
0: meant by a thing. I'm not sure I knew. And I was kind of thinking, well, people will interpret it different ways and that'll be interesting and maybe help me think about it. More clearly. Exactly.
4: That's what I was thinking. And then I thought, I'll look for an answer that no one else has given because otherwise it's going to be boring. (laughs) And so I decided to boldly claim that an equation is actually a thing. (laughs) And that thing must have been
0: there before the universe even began. So it looks like the astrophysicists pretty much agree on the timing of the Big Bang. They agree that something happened there that kicked off the formation of our visible universe, but what they don't agree on is the nature of the Big Bang, how it happened, what came before. That's all kind of a mystery. And of course, scientists have a lot of interesting thoughts about the matter. So,
4: I mean, if you believe in the Big Bang thing, then you can put a date on it, which is like the 13.7 billion years in the past. Uh, but not as you've probably read in my books, not everyone subscribes to this, right? It could have been something else. And so there are some people who say, well, actually there wasn't a the Big Bang, but there was just, you know, an infinite period of silence. So that's what's called asymptotic silence, basically, you know, just the universe lingered with not much happening for an infinite amount of time. And then suddenly it decided that it'll start expanding. So that's one thing. Then there are people who say, well, actually, it it wasn't a big bang. It was a bounce. This is another option. And then there are people who um, say, well, actually, it wasn't just one bounce. It's an infinite series of bounce. So we get a cyclic universe. And yeah, and then, then there are some weirder things, you know, people will say, well, we came out of a black hole, uh, actually a five-dimensional black hole, or uh, the universe was created in a collision of higher dimensional membranes, so it has this string theory flavor uh, to it and so on and so forth.
0: And since this podcast will also be exploring the nature of time and aging, I wanted to ask her about a chapter in her book on why nobody is getting any younger. It all comes down to entropy, disorder. But what the physicists can't figure out is why entropy started out small. That is, why was the universe ever orderly? You know, I also want to talk about your chapter on why people aren't getting younger, why nobody's getting younger, because it does bring up this question about the nature of time and why time can't be more like the other dimensions where we can move around in them, that we we aren't sort of stuck kind of getting getting moved along at a pace we don't choose. So what is it with time and this arrow of time? That's a very good question. And
4: I think uh, no one really has a good answer. Um, We have a way of describing it, which is what's called the past hypothesis. um, And it all comes down to entropy increase. Basically this past hypothesis says that the entropy in the universe was very small at the beginning. And since then it's increased. And the reason we're all getting older, and not any younger, is that entropy doesn't decrease. But of course, this kind of, it begs the question, right? So why was it small in the beginning of the universe? I've no idea, I think no one really knows.
0: When it comes to long-term survival, entropy seems to be the enemy, since the laws of physics dictate that unless you add energy to fight it, entropy increases, and in doing so, it dictates the way things fall apart, decay, and die. That's going to be a big theme to investigate in future episodes. So the Great Wall of Galaxies, more than a billion light-years across, has stood up well against entropy, but so have the smallest particles of matter, those hydrogen and helium atoms that were born in the Big Bang. And which is the oldest? Maybe the oldest structure in the universe is the Great Wall and the oldest matter in the universe is the hydrogen and helium that came out of the Big Bang. Not just any hydrogen and helium, but the part that lives in the cosmic voids where time is going by faster. At least according to the laws of physics, it's going by faster, and maybe those laws of physics are the oldest entity in the universe, set to outlast everything, maybe even time itself. There's so much more to explore at the very edges of time and in more familiar places here on Earth, as we keep searching for the oldest everything.